Welcome to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. My name is Emma Sue Prince. I'm your host and I'm author of Seven Skills for the Future, published by Pearson Business and focusing on seven key skills that we all need to really live happier lives and live with purpose and meaning. And those skills are adaptability, critical thinking, empathy, integrity, being proactive, being optimistic and being resilient. This podcast is all about delving into those skills a bit more. This series in particular is great interviews with people who I feel really embody some of these skills. And today I am so pleased to be welcoming Pat Rombaletti from Atlanta, Georgia to the podcast. And Pat is a seasoned uh, power woman who works with executives and helps them to really understand why the job search landscape is so different now and so difficult sometimes if you've been working in a company for a very long time. And she has a methodology which is all about bulletproofing your career. And it's really quite strongly aligned with the seven skills. So in this interview, we we talk about um, her uh, seven uh methods for bulletproofing your career and and she links them really well to the seven skills and she has a lot of great tips on how to really reinvent yourself Um, and actually we live in times when quite often that is what we have to do and there is no job for life and you know no job is is secure and she tells us that we all need to learn to think and act like giggers Um, so enjoy the interview I think it'll give you lots of food for thought Uh, Pat Rombaletti Welcome back to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. And today, I'm absolutely delighted to be welcoming Pat Rombaletti all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome. Thank you, Amisu. I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you on the show. So I'm really intrigued because I know that the work you do helping executives navigate their way through job searching and through this sort of ever-changing landscape of work, I know that it resonates with the seven skills you've told me. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Right. Well, thank you. It it truly does. Um, So my message is all about helping executives disrupt themselves. Um, And when I reviewed your seven skills, I realized that, you know, adaptability, empathy, critical thinking, integrity, proactivity, optimism, and resilience um, is important for them doing their job. But it's also been the foundation of my message about what they need to do in terms of disrupting themselves um, for their career. And, And what I mean by that is today, companies are being disrupted constantly. Mm. They're they're having some other company nibbling at their heels all the time. And if a company is being disrupted, of course, then the people inside are being disrupted. And I'm trying to get, especially um, work on the resilience (laughs) and and proactivity uh, skills of executives because um, you know, they often come to me and say, gee, I never saw it coming when they've been, you know, lost their job because of disruption of the company. Um, mm. But the truth is they were probably devoting much of their critical thinking to doing their job well, but not much critical thinking to what was going on around them and how they needed to change and adapt. 
Mm, that's so interesting. That's really interesting. I mean, I, I believe that we're not nearly as resilient as we need to be. Right. It's really Actually. the number one skill. <laughs> um, I, I recently did a presentation inside of corporate America. I was invited by a HR executive who called herself an HR disruptor. And um, I told the folks in the audience, it was a global audience, that I feel like understanding change, adaptability, and resiliency are the most important skills. And I would want them to invest in learning more about that before they get any more additional degrees because <laughs> the, um, wow. the the next <laughs> master's degree or doctorate is not going to make you bulletproof if you don't have the other critical skills mm. why do you think we are obsessed with getting degrees and qualifications because that seems to be something that's global as well it, it is global and i think it's almost, I, I'll use a kind word, I think it's tradition. Um, mm. So we were led to believe, and there certainly was a time when, you know, a master's degree was essential. Um, and then in certain air, um, professions, so engineering in the pharmaceutical, you know, um, science world, uh, PhDs and masters were essential. But I find when I coach folks that they have spent so much time, attention there and not pick their head up to realize all of the disruption that was going on around them. So, you know, we were most of many of the workplaces that are struggling, the, the larger companies um, that are struggling are in that old paradigm um, mm -hmm. and the people inside are in that old paradigm. So there, there just was a oh, sort of a understanding that if you improve yourself and get additional degrees, I'll promote you and your career mm -hmm. will be safe. That promise was made before the era of continuous disruption. So I, I don't think that companies are necessarily um, intentionally breaking a promise, but they, they, they made a promise that they really cannot keep anymore. Mm. So how do we go about disrupting ourselves? <laughs> well, um, you know, I did a TED Talk last year, and my focus there was I tried to think of something that was easy to follow for executives. And what I landed upon was um, getting them to think more like a gigger. Um, so the, the TED Talk was about giggers, but it wasn't about how to become an Uber driver. It was mm. really about, let's look at the mindset of a gigger mm. and mm. see if it, that wouldn't likely be beneficial in today's corporate environment. So mm. um, I have actually seven uh, steps that I recommend, and, and many of these I'll, I'll correlate what I suggest to the critical skills that you mentioned, right? Mm, great. Um, yes. So the, yeah, so the first thing that I want people to think about is that they need to cultivate and actually curate a very broad community, um, and especially in emerging sectors and industries. Now, to, to do well at that concept and of that suggestion, you have to be very good at critical thinking. You have to think about where is my industry going? Where, what's emerging out there? And then uh, what, I, what I encourage them is you have to start to ask, 
who do I need to know and who needs to know me? So mm-hmm. most giggers are always looking for to expand their network. They use it to bring people in on different assignments with them and they use it for networking. Whereas in corporate America, um, all too often executives curate or, or have a network only in their department um, mm-hmm. or in <laughs> their division. And yet they may be and are often part of a very global community, but they only know people in their own backyard. Um, <laughs> and, they, and when they come to me and say, oh, I want to change industries, my first question is, what relationships have you curated in the new industry? Mm-hmm. Because without that, the likelihood of making that transition in a reasonable length of time is slim to none. Right? Yeah, yeah. So... It's interesting what you're saying. So you're talking about curating your community mm-hmm. and, and, you know, who do I need to know? Who needs to know me? Uh, I mean, those things are probably second nature to entrepreneurs and, and to giggers, right? Because they, they're going out looking for the next gig all the time, aren't they? Exactly. Um, yep. Yeah. So if someone's never done that before and they're not maybe used to networking in a kind of, you know, broader sense or, or maybe they're not used to being visible on social media or or, or those sorts of things, how do you suggest that they begin? Yeah, great question. I I ask my clients to stop and think back and recognize that um, when they're reaching out to extend the network, let's say they want um, um, to move into a marketing role in a different industry or in a different division of their own company, mm-hmm. um, I and they make that list and say, this is the person I should know. When they reach out, they need to have the confidence and the mindset of, I'm reaching out to see how we can help each other, not how can mm-hmm. I help them or they help me, (laughs) but how can we help each other, right? So that Mm -hmm. mindset um, helps people be more forward-thinking and a little bit less reticent, but it certainly takes some coaching and practice. Mm -hmm. It's like anything else. Um, And, of course, with with LinkedIn now, having a global network is simple. You know, there's 200 countries represented on LinkedIn, so... Yeah, but it's it's also quite crowded, isn't it? I mean, everyone, I, I, I often feel on LinkedIn, like everybody is doing something. Everybody's trying to get their message out there. It's crowded, but it's much like going to a conference. So I happened to attend a conference this weekend and there were over a thousand people there, probably about 1,500. But, you know, I found my tribe. And within mm-hmm. that smaller group, I made connections, we exchange how we could help each other so I couldn't connect with all 1500 but I found a a couple Mm. dozen and that's the way people need to think about LinkedIn LinkedIn is really a series of tribes I like that Mm -hmm. that's good okay Uh, what 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 other tips do you have yeah so so the second thing I ask people is uh, be open to a variety of gigs Uh, of course do a great job in your current role But this is where adaptability and integrity skills come in. So you need to be adaptable. If a gigger goes into a company and the client says, I know we hired you to do X, Y, and Z, but could you help us over here? They always say yes, because they look over there and go, that's a great opportunity. Whereas inside corporate America, too often 
I find that executives are stuck around their job description. And, and I say, get out away from your desk, away mm. from your job description, and see where you might add value throughout the company, which gives you, of course, visibility and the ability to curate a bigger network. But that takes adaptability. And integrity comes in um, by doing the job that you are hired to do very well but mm -hmm. still looking outside of your square footage of your desk, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So that's really important. The other, the third um, skill that I look to have um, corporate executives create compared to or similar to Ziggers, Giggers uh, is actively seek ways to stand out. Um, and there mm -hmm. comes the proactivity. So giggers are always tooting their own horn. They're always <laughs> looking for recommendations. They're always telling somebody else in the company about the great impact they made elsewhere so that they can get the next gig. Whereas corporate executives, I have found by and large tend to kind of head down and they mm -hmm. feel like my work will speak for itself. But at the end of the day, with the disruption and the turbulence today, that's really not true. Um, mm -hmm. So they need to find ways to see, uh, to stand out. And I'm not saying, you know, bragging, et cetera, but making sure that they are making a difference and that others in the company know the difference that they are making. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a real uh, uh, mindset of proactivity that they are, I know, not used to. And all of this, you know, you asked a great question in the beginning, Emma, so about curating a network, how do you go about it? This is all new, these are all new skills. And yes. as you well know, skills take time to develop. Um, but, they, but they're essential. Yeah, absolutely. And the only way you can develop them is by going out and doing it. There's no... You know, there's no other way. If you If you want to be proactive and stand out, then you've actually got to go and do that That's you know right. you have to act, like you say you have to start with something you've got to start somewhere and take the initiative that's right. Yeah. In my book, I, I talk a lot about the confidence competence loop. Um, that's mm -hmm. not, I didn't make that up, but I embrace it. Um, and I embrace it particularly around networking. When people say I'm afraid to network or I don't like mm -hmm. to network, it, it takes doing some and getting confidence and then you'll do more and you get more skilled and on and on and on. And all of the yeah. seven skills that I'm sharing with you are based on that. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> the fourth skill has to do with um, hone your ability to adapt to change. And mm. this is what we talked about in the beginning. Um, this is the number one um, missing skill that results in very great qualified executives finding themselves, you know, out of a company during a transition or transformation because it's recognized that they're not going to have the resilience to adapt and change. Mm -hmm. um, and companies keep those executives that demonstrate that they're nimble and that they're agile and that they're open. Um, so this, this ability to adapt to change, um, I tell people make this the number one priority in terms of your personal <laughs> curriculum. Because uh, it's going to mm. it's going to Im impact your ability to do well inside, um, but it's also going to impact your matter of fact. When you're thinking this way and adapting to change, yeah. you're going to be more open to everything else. 
Yeah. yeah so I, I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question again because because I know that um, you know we are naturally resistant to change you know all of yeah. us are so mm-hmm. so how do you you know what is the first step to helping yourself to become more adaptable to change when we, when we like to resist it so much <laughs> it's interesting again with my clients one of my assignments is let's find some places that you are resistant to change in your personal life and let's practice there so uh, for example do you take the exact same route to work every day let's Mm -hmm. shake it up do you eat at the same restaurant do you only eat italian what you know find little things in your life that you have gotten into i'll call them uh, habit habits um but really they're ruts Right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And when you make some changes and you go to work a different way and you eat in a different restaurant and you get good feedback on that, gee, I like Turkish food. Um, this yes. is wonderful. Your your brain starts to say, okay, change isn't so bad. So yeah. my encouragement always is start small, do yeah. little things and experiment and then inside of the organization be looking for ways that you have mm-hmm. built yourself mm-hmm. into a rut but get that outside viewpoint first mm-hmm. um, where it's mm-hmm. sort of safe makes sense yes i love that because that's exactly what we you know in the in the workshops that we run um the, the awareness raising workshops with the adaptability skill we say the same thing you start with the, the small things yeah. and the, it is the little things like taking a different route to work or eating something different because you you train your brain in that way that actually nothing awful is going to happen if i change something you know that's right um and then you're and then you're better equipped aren't you to then you know maybe have that challenging conversation or ask for that you know opportunity um yeah, I could. I really couldn't agree more because it it really has to start with small changes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's you know when you go back to that curating a network when you get comfortable outside and then you go in and you extend an invitation to lunch with somebody inside your company that's in a different division, and, and now you've already kind of built up a muscle for yeah I can go a little bit out of my comfort zone. So that's a fairly um, simple thing. Once you do a little bit of that, you'll get very excited about what you learn by stretching out, mm-hmm. and then you'll find mm-hmm. more places to do that. Um, in Atlanta, when I did my TED talk, I was talking to some folks inside of a large company here who had um, they have a very large retail presence, but they are really growing their online presence very, very mm-hmm. rapidly. But the people that were at a discussion table that I held um, didn't know anybody in the online division. And yet, clearly, by listening to the earnings calls and looking at the numbers, that company is going to move aggressively into online. So Mm -hmm. those folks in retail could be very much left behind as they reduce and close stores um, if they don't get to know the right people in just one division over everything interacts right so um the the fifth um uh, rule that i have in terms of thinking more like a gigger is take ownership and control of your destiny so Mm. giggers get up every day and they know they're responsible for creating the next opportunity so everything that they do is towards that 
Whereas, of course, a lot of times corporate executives feel like, well, I have a paycheck, I have an agreement here to work in this role, and they don't take control of their destiny. Mm-hmm. And my, it, it's a very simple um, mantra for them to realize nobody will care more about your career than you. So mm. just make sure that you're yep. the first one owning it. Your your boss, the the nobody is going to care more about it than you. So you have to have that same um, sort of self centeredness that a gigger has about yes. taking care of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the number six is an interesting one. It, it, I beg them to engage in self-directed learning and, and learning mm-hmm. that serves them both in their current job or in future gigs. Right. So that's mm-hmm. a proactive, proactivity skill. And Mm -hmm. what I find is that individuals are so used to the learning and development curriculum coming from inside their own company. Mm, And yet, if the company isn't disrupting itself, if it ends up like a blockbuster or Toys R Us and becomes extinct, it's not likely that the training that they were offering is going (laughs) to prepare that person for their future. Right. So it's mm-hmm. a it's mm-hmm. really I work with my clients to develop a curriculum every year for the things that they are going to take responsibility, personal responsibility for learning and developing, regardless of what their company may be offering. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So they so uh, they have their own curriculum. And, and I guess the sources for the learning can be. A whole bunch of different things, right? Online, right. TED yep. Talks, mm-hmm. uh, reading. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Conferences, yeah. you know, when somebody is looking for mm. changing industries, you know, I say budget for yourself to attend the mm. conference in that industry. Your company's not going you to a different industry, but no. go there and begin to make, you know, connections, look at who's there, look at what companies are there and immerse yeah. yourself in that industry that you want to go to. Mm, that's really yeah. good advice. Really yeah. good advice. And I think you've got one more, right? I have one more yeah. and it's, um, it's one of my favorite. Um, I find that company or or figures of course always have a safety net you know they know Mm -hmm. that they may be a lapse between gigs whereas Mm -hmm. corporate executives um, especially in in this country put too much of their eggs in one basket so they they Mm -hmm. max out their 401k because they say well you know it's all matched and if i max it i get all that matching but then when they find themselves in transition they don't have a safety net that they can touch without having a penalty. And by the time they pay the tax penalty, guess what? They have lost all of that matching funds. So um, So this is like a savings plan you're talking about. It is, but I call it a 401me account. So here we have a 401k and I want them to have a 401me. And this is for my safety net. It's for my self-education. It's for me and me alone. And so I don't max out my 401k. I save some and build my 401me plan. So, and that's a savings plan, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. These are are really great 
this is really great advice, really, for anyone um, thinking about moving from what they're doing at the moment, or just, I would say, just generally, these are good, really, really good tips. Yeah. For, really for this time, in, for this yeah. era, it wasn't needed when, yeah. you know, companies were keeping people 25 years, but they can no longer afford to do that. And it's yeah. not that they um, don't think well of people, but when they have a, an upstart nibbling at their heels, they have mm. to behave differently. And I understand you have a book out as well. I have a book. It's called Bulletproof Your Career. Um, and it really is not just about how to find a job, but it's how to always be ready to be ready. And mm. it and it really uh, follows along the uh, principles that I've talked about today. And the foundation for that is my TED Talk, which is available mm -hmm. on YouTube. Um, and that really explains why you have to think more like a gigger today. And that link to the TED Talk and to the book will be in the show notes as well. And I'm sure you have a website as well, Pat. Can you tell us your website? I do. It's uh, simply bulletproofyourcareer.com. And your listeners can go there and get a free copy, uh, not a copy, but a free first chapter of my book by going there. Um, so they'll give them a little insight into the point of view in the, in the book itself. Fantastic. So watch out for that website also in the show notes. Thank you so much, Pat, for being on the show today. It's been an absolute delight talking to you. It's been great, Emma. I see that our, our thinking and our seven skills and seven habits really intersect. So it's they been really great. Do. They really, really do. Uh, and I, I just love some of the, the, I love all of the advice that you're giving. And um, I think it's very much needed. So thank you very, very much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Take care now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Seven Skills for the Future podcast. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere where podcasts can be found. If you want to make sure that every new episode ends up on your phone, all you need to do is hit the subscribe button. And while you're there, why not give us a five-star review so more people can find out about the show? If you'd like to stay in touch or send in one of your questions for Emma Sue, then go to Unimenta on Twitter, 7Skills for the Future on Instagram, or at unimenta.com. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, there's the book, 7Skills for the Future, available at booksellers everywhere.